0: monsters podcast i'm one of your hosts grizzly abner joined by my dudes professor wagstaff hi toddy venomous Vinny. good to be with you again friends and we are on another installment of the monster mash have we given up counting uh not when i'm mixing
1: (laughs) i think we're we're getting right around 30 though
0: man good format yeah good format uh good idea all those all those years ago so Mm -hmm. (laughs) keep things fresh opportunity to try some new things here um so let's go around the table and say what we picked and why i'm grizzly abner i picked a little film called pieces because i've always heard about pieces i've seen the grindhouse blu-ray release of it and uh grindhouse doesn't do a whole lot of releasing so that yeah. piqued my interest in the fact that they saw pieces uh, and and the tagline too is that uh, you don't have to go to texas For a Chainsaw Massacre. Is Mm -hmm. that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, man, what is this movie? And so this has been sitting on the shelf for me for a while. And I needed an excuse to watch it. And I'll leave it at that for now. (laughs) Professor.
1: Uh, I am Professor Wagstaff. Uh, I like Mexican food. And I also picked The Ritual uh, just because it's got a lot of hype right now. Mm. And we don't always jump right on a movie. True. Uh, when it's brand new and it was one that I knew I was going to watch and I thought it'd be fun to pick just for that reason didn't really know much about it I uh, I, I avoid trailers and learning too much about a movie same here if there's opinions of, of uh you know from voices that I trust who say anything decent about something I'll look into it based on that and just kind of avoid the rest so that yeah. was the case with this kind of a, a blind
0: choice I'm sure you like me I don't want to sound like an elitist when I say I don't watch trailers like I just don't seek them Like, if I pop in a a disc and there's a trailer there, of course I'll watch it. Well, for
1: me, they're different these days. I used to love trailers when I was younger, but now they they pander. They give away so much of movies that most of the time it's more enjoyable just
0: to avoid it. Sure. Sure.
2: Uh, I picked The Strangers uh, mainly for two reasons. Number one, it's it's rolling on the 10th anniversary. Um, And the second reason was that um, when I picked it, was a few weeks before uh, the sequel finally was going to open in theaters. So those are the main two reasons that I chose the strangers venomous.
3: I picked late phases. Uh, Number one, I'm a werewolf guy and uh, there's a werewolf movie that I hadn't seen yet. And I knew I'd end up watching it at some point anyway. So why not do it for the show? And it was on Netflix, so it was easily accessible for everybody on the
1: show. So that's why I picked it.
2: I uh, I'm I'm glad you picked that one because I owned it, never opened it. I think I got it out of a horror block. So it was it was a great excuse to finally the ritual? Yeah. Or not the no, ritual, uh, late, late late phases. Phases. Late phases. Gotcha. Yeah. That's miles away, dear. <laughs> Listen to me. Please
0: do me a favor and say my birthday song dude. real quick. It's only when Top talks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's gonna tell you what he got in horror block here in five minutes.
0: <laughs> I heard that horror block. At late
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but oh, yeah! Oh Lord of n- nice
1: excuse to pop
0: that open. <laughs> heard that. So we um, last few times we've gone in chronological order uh, to switch things up. This time we're going to go in reverse chronological order. So that will put us at the ritual first. Um, you got any dates and details for us on that? Uh, Ritual's
1: brand new. It's a uh, 2017 film. Just hit Netflix uh, in recent weeks. It's directed by David Bruckner, who kind of carved out a spot in the horror genre based on his work with different anthology films. He had directed stuff in the VHS films as well as oh, Southbound. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so jumped into the uh, feature link. Now, if he's done other feature link films, I don't know. I just know that he dealt with those anthology films. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, do you want to do basic thoughts first on this one? Sure I gotta trip myself up there. Um, what do you guys think?
0: Um, there's a lot about this film that should make it hit pretty big with me but it didn't see I was just gonna say when I watched
1: it I kept thinking this is made for uh, Grizzly so he won't like it.
0: uh for those of you who have been longtime listeners of the show professor and i have been friends for 20 years now at least if not longer and that's always a running joke is that professor or someone else will watch a movie and they'll say this is handpicked for for abner and i'll go yeah it wasn't really for me
1: (laughs) that's all right though i'd I'd rather you do be honest with your opinion yeah
0: yeah yeah so you're not the first person to do that uh friend of mine colleague in campus ministry said oh man have you seen the ritual because i immediately thought of you when i watched it and i was like eh. <laughs> larry david <I'm>... yeah. <laughs> pretty uh pretty good you know so yeah so that's my initial impression
2: word um I, I think when you picked this i had i had heard a couple people mention it and i, I really netflix is kind of a waste of money to me um but I don't get on there a lot, but I, I had seen that, um, like, they normally do, like, the, like, we think you'll like this. Um, so other than that, I didn't know anything about it. Um, what you were saying about trailers earlier, actually, I'm kind of a geek, so I like watching the trailers. But if I'm getting ready to just watch the movie, I think it's fun, too, if, uh, you know, it's not like I'm going to the theater. Like, if I'm getting ready to just watch it, I'd rather just go in blind. That's fun as well. Um, I had no idea what to expect or what this movie was. Um, I actually really liked it when I had,
3: I had never seen it. Uh, I hadn't heard a thing about it. Um, so I watched it, um, upon watching it, I would, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, if I had to grade it for me, I'd say B minus C plus. Um there's some really creepy shit in it,
4: you know and, yeah. and it
3: hits with the isolation and all that kind of th- like it hits on all those there's there's like I think there's some decent scares and there's some great mood with it um I think it misses with delivery in some spots and uh creature design didn't work for me really
1: yeah okay
3: too Abstract, I think. that's
1: because that's the only thing I knew about this film going into it was everybody
0: was going nuts. I
3: felt like it was too design. abstract mm. for me, I guess. The design of the creature,
0: okay, I would agree with that. And I, it's funny, I, I'd like to explain why this should hit for me. It's backpacking, it's outdoorsy. Right. I mean, you know, those are all big things in my life. It's a cult, uh, yes, cult. I love <laughs> yeah, cult that's films, very Wicker Man. yeah. I love cult films, and it's uh, big they, ass deer. Are they in Norway or Sweden?
1: uh it's Sweden. is it right on like on a border maybe because they mentioned both i think but
0: yeah scandinavian stuff hits for me i'm really big in the scandinavian folklore uh for those of you who've seen me i do resemble a viking uh (laughs) that's my deep ancestry (laughs) cuts there um so yeah i have a lot of elements that should have hit for me but uh yeah gotcha yeah (laughs) Uh, long time listener first time caller. uh
1: so the basic premise uh for the film is we open up with five guys in a bar planning their trip and they Um, have burgers and fries yeah um so they're uh five guys (laughs) I gotcha um so they're planning they're planning a trip they're old friends they clearly have a history of traveling together um and so Right off the bat, I like the storytelling from that aspect, that we don't drag it out. Mm-hmm. We quickly say, hey, as the viewer, you're intelligent. Pick up on it. And so we move right along. Um, they're working on this trip uh, to basically go out hiking and all that. They they wrap up there, and they head to a liquor store where we have kind of a turning point. Um, and, you know, not to be too heavy-handed, but, you know, hopefully – most adults don't have anything like this in any way, but, uh, you know, many circle of friends have something happen. Not necessarily that are all uh, even more than one person directly involved, but just, you know, something heavy. And um, many times it can test uh, friendships, strain them mm-hmm. uh, with, with you know, what you go through in that moment. So with this uh, particular, you know, kind of turning point, this one's pretty horrific. Uh, because we have two members of the group going to a liquor store. And while they're in there, we have robbers come in. Yeah. And i uh, pretty sure one of them had a machete, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Like he had some ridiculous-ass weapon with yeah. him. And the one friend notices them as they come in and kind of quietly backs off and around the corner out of sight. And the other friend isn't paying enough attention and is standing right there and looks up. and We've got criminals there um and we see uh our character who is you know i don't want to say coward but he's he's trying to make a decision on what to do this has now unfortunately been put in his lap um and i you know i couldn't help but think because these guys are in their mid-30s as you know most of of me and my friends are Mm -hmm. and so you know i start thinking like my god what are do you doing? It that definitely moment? make oh, yeah. draws
3: you in and makes you yeah. start thinking your initial reaction is well i I would have run into that school unarmed. You <laughs> right. know? Exactly. That's your initial reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you start really you thinking you think, of the reality like, of the situation. You're like Would I be paralyzed with fear? Yeah. Like this guy is. Or if I go out to help,
1: will I just be the only dead one? Could I have been peaceful and avoid anything if I just. Yeah. Sometimes you can
2: make the situation even worse where that, you know, it could have been a robbery and then they're going to bounce.
1: Right. And so it's it's very interesting and quick um, and effective the way they do it. We watch him with the way he's holding the bottle. He's trying to decide Mm -hmm. if he should use it as a weapon. And in that moment, we watch the friend get struck once. And he goes down to the ground and he looks up at his friend again. He's looked at him already. Just kind of like that look of like, what do I do? Looking to see, like, are you coming to help me? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you just don't know what to do in that moment. And then when he's down on the ground and he's been struck once and he looks up and they that, they, do, they end it. I mean, they yeah. just they club him with this machete, just cut him open. Um, and then we wake up and the guy who is cowering is in the tent. And on the
0: trip that the dead friend wanted them wanted, to take. yep
1: who it, and he had wanted so which presents right off the bat an interest, interesting element to this because then how far are we
4: mm-hmm.
1: from that are we in the middle of a nightmare that he just woke up from versus you know it kind of the way it, it blends and how the movie will continue to intertwine uh, nightmares and kind of their heads being messed with and and going back to that moment. Yeah. Uh, but then we proceed to have um, our guys get up and, um, you know, as, as part of their trip, they go and they set up, you know, I don't know what you'd call that, that they've got set up, but they're honoring their friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got his picture out and some items of it's his kind of like memorial. Yeah. And they pass around the shots. Um, and there's even some remar- remarks made there that are kind of off putting. Uh, kind of directed at the friend that didn't help him. Yeah. And so you you instantly um, kind of feel, you know, the bad air surrounding the, the trip and the friendships and the grief that they're going through. Um, and in particular, I find it painful to watch how long that guy pours out the liquor when he pours out <laughs> some for the friend. I'm, man, like, yeah. I'm like, dude, man, like just, just, just a little. It yeah. goes off like 30 <laughs> seconds just... It's just, it's very awkward and, uh, understated, but effective the way they do it. Oh yeah. And it's, and it's cool that, you know, they're honoring their friend with this, but at the same time you think, my God, what a tough trip that must be. Oh yeah. Um, and so we've already demonstrated the kind of strained friendships and we head off and, uh, as we travel on the, the hiking, cause they've got a cabin booked. I think they say a cabin. Uh, by a certain time, but to save time, they go through the woods. So take a shortcut. Yeah, and as uh, well, you don't, are guess, are they
3: forced to take the shortcut because the because, one friend yeah
1: injures his leg? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because he he twists his uh, ankle uh, on some kind of slope There's or something. There's always one in the crowd. Yeah, he reminds me of somebody we went to high school with. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they they take the shortcut, and that doesn't turn out to be the best decision. No, um, shocker. yeah so it's and and even uh, from the jump the way they're presenting it i just thought was magnificent um and you can tell netflix just throws the money at it just do what you need to do to tell your story so we got these huge sweeping uh uh, you know camera shots that are always kind of coming in and it feels like you're closing in on what's happening out here in the middle of nowhere with them the music's great it's minimal It's kind of off-putting even from the jump, kind of in in the way that they did with The Shining and the Mm -hmm. opening with with the aerials and the haunting music taking us to uh, where we're going to end up. Um, But as they go into the woods, um, we discover a carcass uh, that has been eviscerated and is hanging up in between the trees. Uh, It's important to mention, too, how odd the trees are. And especially from a cin- cinematic standpoint, they've got just the tiny little branches nonstop. Mm-hmm. And so it enables to leave the, the kind of body displayed up there. But it's just weird as hell to see in the background mm-hmm. throughout as they're, oh. they're doing it, which I can't imagine how difficult the movie must have been to make in settings like that, to find areas where it doesn't just look like a disaster behind them all, all the time. Um, but they find a cabin uh, as they're hiking in because it's getting to be nighttime. And uh you know, you guessed it. They decided they need to go in there. It's you know, the weather's bad and that's where they're gonna stay. And that's where things really begin to get a little, weird. A little weird. Yeah. Who here's had nightmares like them? Oh God. <laughs> you ever uh you ever have your friends wake you up while you're praying to a uh, a <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh crafted uh, what appears to be like maybe a wicker statue up
0: in the second floor with no head and antlers for hands. More times than I care to. Have yeah.
4: Just,
2: just <laughs> every... once, and then every day after that. But. <clears throat> yes,
1: yeah, so, I mean, basically, that's kind of the to me the real turning point before our, our you know our final act is we now start to get into psychological uh, terror. Uh, with these guys being tormented in their sleep. They're also doing things in their sleep. Our main character um, is having to go back to that liquor store. But it's blending also with nature out there. That was
3: done very well. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so it, it creates a this kind of nightmare scape where Well, and
3: when they're when they're in there and you know, the lightning's flashing you can see that it's not it's dripping water inside there. It's like you're you're so they are so at the mercy of the elements. They're in a strange environment. Like Mm -hmm. all of all of that is very effective.
4: Yeah,
1: that cabin was very effective. And and the I love that each one of them are affected differently. Yeah. So you really don't know what the hell you're getting ready to see with each scream and investigation into people. But um, we we basically just show the descent um between friendships and sanity. Uh, from there like you kind of expect with with you know it's almost like a road movie with the travel uh, yeah. through through the setting like that but I did like the way they they filmed it it always did feel like that kind of travel movie and kind of wondering what the next you know world or phase that we're gonna encounter it's over the next hill yeah um, and for me the the ending which we'll get into um, uh, you know it's 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 fine but for me the whole movie is the middle act. Um, oh, big time. Because to me, something that's very difficult in your 30s is leaving friendships. And that's that's what this movie is about to me, is the, uh, you know, some friends grow apart and it sucks. It's not fun. You don't have things in common. These guys clearly don't at this point. And the the passing of the friend has only basically faced, made them face that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. They don't—they don't have the the happier kind of side to lean on, um, and so some of those scenes, in particular, with the friend who's injured himself, who calls him out for not helping, and you know, screaming at him. You know, you came out of there with—you didn't have a drip of blood on you. You didn't help with anything, and and uh, you know, it's it's incredibly effective because you're watching it, and you're thinking, who the hell are you? You can't even hike without turning your ankle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you thick glasses, little shit. <laughs> like oh, yeah. how, how do you put that on your friend, man? What the hell? And so a lot of that that I think is very effective. Um, the creature design, I I really like how they approach it. How we just start to see a little bit more. I thought that that was uh, I would kind have of, liked it
3: better if it wouldn't have revealed as much of it by the end.
1: I wouldn't argue with that. Um, I re- But I, I like the way that we tease around it. I think it's very ominous. how mm-hmm. You'll just see kind of certain angles of it move in the background Felt like for much trees. More effective that way. Um, but we have the, the one friend taken. Uh, I, I should point that out. One mm-hmm. of the four is taken. And so they're trying to figure out where he is, how to help him, what to do. They need they can't spend another night in here. They need to get out. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of the strain that's going on. So, I've, I've been talking a really long time. I'll let you guys go on here.
3: <laughs> no, you're doing fine.
0: <clears throat> yep, go ahead. We're, right. just, we're
3: peppering in with you.
0: Okay. Keep So, leading so, so well, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to, you know, echo some of the things you were talking about there. Um, yeah, that scary effigy that's upstairs in that first cabin. Oh, that's so to, creepy. It's just nuts. Mm-hmm. Very creepy. They also find the runes on the trees outside. Yeah. The rune design's definitely off-putting. Yeah. Um, but also to the point that you brought up about the trees and the different type of woods, you know, you get into the Scandinavian countries where it's cold much longer and, and you get pretty much just coniferous trees, just pretty much all pine trees. And we're not used to that here. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy for them to get lost because yeah. it all looks the same here. We go out in the woods and we're like, Oh, remember this big Oak tree. We'll come back to this or this big hickory tree or this, this big, you know, uh, beech tree. And it's like, no nah, man, these are all pine trees that are identical. So it's not like we can tell where we we went off track. Um, when they all wake up in disarray, that's very off putting. Like I said, the guy upstairs praying, the guy who pissed himself, like just yeah. Um, so yeah, up until this point, that those are all the things I wanted to touch on that you were talking about. But also too, the the whole things about friendships. Um, you know, a- as a group ourselves that are not devoid of tragedy. Yeah. Uh, in our in our group of friends. Um, we all certainly found out who lives up to those friendships and who doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, and separating mice and men through that. Um, so, yes, the film does hit on that very much. And I'm glad that you brought up that this film really shines in the second act
4: mm-hmm.
0: because I think the only thing that keeps me from loving this film is the third act and the full reveal of the creature. I can agree that for me, that's it. I that's I, it I because totally so much. I was actually. so into this film, but that full reveal of the creature and it being less than impressive to me, I think is the only thing that like didn't put this on. I, I think it's a good film. Yeah. I have no, I can't argue that. But that that was the big thing that just like, meh.
3: And well, and that's a big thing too when you when you when you, when you spend a whole movie building. And then, if the reveal is less than stellar, that can taint the whole thing for you. And honestly, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that if it weren't for that creature reveal, I think if they'd have left it more in the shadow and showed le- less is more, and I, I think I probably would have a, give would have given it a higher grade.
1: I will had say. Had that been the case, uh, I don't. I don't think I want to say yet, unless we're just getting right into the end.
0: Todd, do you want to say anything before we? Um, did you watch this, Todd? I did watch it. <laughs> I like how indignant he was. I did. Um,
2: I think you got, kind of touched on on most things. Uh, to me, this movie reminded me of The Descent, only with men.
0: Absolutely, because when he said it, it uh, it's a descent from yeah, Blair, oh yeah. I thought
2: this is like that movie, The Descent. Um, and and, and it's it's very Blair Witchish.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Um, nice. I actually have it in my notes, and I I understand it's a foreign film. But I kind of feel like with the folklore and stuff, it feels kind of Native American. Sure. Um, I think that's kind of like with the nature, and, and, and you really don't know what's happening. But um, some element that I kind of got from it was uh, the reoccurring dreams and the, friend, the friend's non-action was more on um, his non-action of, of, of killing one friend. I think uh, for him, this was almost like a, like a redemption to, to like that moment he didn't act. So now you know you you got the one friend that's arguing with him that's injured, but it's still kind of like, okay, we got to find our friend and let's all get out of the woods and 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 you're kind of unsure what's going on. Um, at some moments, even uh, I started wondering if it's uh, like with the grocery store and stuff, and it looks so so real, like it's in nature, but it's still the the grocery store.
4: Yeah.
2: That I started wondering. I was like, is this like an alien movie? Because I had no idea where they were gonna go. Um, and then to me, the, the big reveal, I think they're outside, man. I think that the beast, is <laughs> here. uh, there's a flock of bees. <laughs> and to me, the big reveal though, uh, didn't really, um, I don't know. It didn't really bother me. Like I was into the movie, so it didn't, it didn't take me out of it.
0: Okay. So, uh, I just want to be conscious of time. Um, it's a movie worth spending a lot of time on, but we got to start bringing it home here. You want to bring this wrap up to us? Sure. Can I can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes. Can I, finish? Can I finish? Yeah. one of my favorite scenes, and this is gonna lead into your wrap up, is when they think that once they clear this hill, they're gonna see <laughs> where they need to go. And he gets up there and he's so excited, he goes, I see the end, I see the end. And you just see like this line of people bearing torches off in the distance. And I was like, Ha, ha, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was very much it reminded me of that film, The Thirteenth Warrior. With Antonio Banderas, uh, another—I'll take your word for (laughs) it—another Scan, another Scandinavian. Okay, yeah, very cool, very cool. Hmm. So yeah, we end up
1: uh, in the the grasp of um, the locals, shall we say, uh, who are out in the hills, um, and they work together to provide sacrifices uh, for this creature. That they call know. the Bastard Son of, of Loki. Loki. Yeah.
2: That big-ass beard. Big I ear. don't
1: know anything about the, the mythology there. So, I mean, if this, is, if this is rooted in something deeper, I don't know about it. Maybe you do, but...
0: If I remember correctly, Loki is known for... Being
2: Thor's brother. He's the god yeah. of mischief.
0: <laughs> yes, he's has god of mischief, but he had some weird dealings with gods who were like shapeshifters, and so it caused some weird creatures... Okay. And so, like Loki has these children that are like weird animal children. I don't think uh, there's much bestiality involved, but I think that, like, yeah, he he slept with a deer. Yeah, like he, he he had sex with some sort of shapeshifting deity that caused these these animal-like children. And so, for it to be a bastard son of Loki, definitely ties into Gotcha. The,
1: now, uh, there is one thing I do want to touch on quickly that I didn't fully have a grasp on was uh during the first um true nightmare at the cabin he is marked by the creature on its chest uh it seems like that is significant with everyone else that is there Mm -hmm. at this point so i don't know if he was chosen uh for reasons that went over my head um but that does play a part into it as we get there um but basically because i know we need to wrap up the the group here is providing sacrifices for, uh, this creature. Um, it's, it reminded me very much of the wicker man of that. How did I end up uh, around what almost feels like aliens who they don't, they don't care anything other than sacrificing me. And so we have, um, the very, uh, dramatic and at times, um, thrilling, uh, escape work. Uh, We have the very touching interaction between the friend that uh, basically insinuated horrible things about him, our main character, earlier about his courage. Uh, He's asking him, if he makes it home, to tell his wife that he tried. And so you know that this is the last interaction of these friends, and the guy's taken out for sacrifice. Uh, It's very heavy-handed. But we get our main guy out. He makes his way out. He kicks some ass.
0: Um, John and
2: style. Yeah. Shoes.
0: I love when he's in that cabin and there's that scary ass room upstairs mm-hmm. and he sets it on fire. Yes, and then he punches the old lady in the face. <laughs> yeah,
1: so no, that was yeah. great. And I'm glad you mentioned that because the friend that was the other thing he said, burn this all behind you as you leave. And so he does, uh, but he gets out and he, uh, I, I'm trying to describe it well, but there's another way to put it he takes on the creature, he wallops it once. And is able to get out of the woods, which is pretty symbolic. <laughs> and then he screams at it. Yeah, yep. And that's how he wins. Yep. But it doesn't come out of the, the woods. It's almost fairy tale like. Yeah, that's and a good so point. a movie that has like it ch- has a barrier it can't cross. Right. <sighs> yep. And so he, you know, this movie that has shown masculinity in crisis with all of them, um, you know, he he faces it. And yeah. I, again, you know, I found it more interesting on how we got there than the ending. I wasn't in love with the ending. I thought that the creature reveal went on a little too much uh, with the unfolding of it. Uh, I would have been fine earlier with what I saw and <laughs> just leave it at that. Um, and I'm okay with the ending. It's not my favorite, but I kind of like the the primal scream. Mm-hmm. There is no fear, um, and all that he was judged for, he overcame. And unfortunately, his friends got a taste of it too. Yeah, and they all—we all got to see how they handled those moments uh, that they judged him on throughout. Because who—he was the one leading them. He'd yeah. already been through some of it and survived. So, I thought it was interesting. With that, wasn't uh, blown away with the ending, but I'm okay with it. It was worth it just for you know the rest of the film. Yeah, so I recommend it to anyone. I think
2: it's worth a watch. For, um for sure. I, I would highly recommend it. I liked it. And I think something we didn't know, but uh, Andy Circus was an executive producer. Really? Um so yeah.
0: was he the guy that started the circus?
2: Um of Planet of the Apes, <laughs> yes. I think uh
3: I I think that definitely watch it. It's well made. The things that may have bothered me may not bother you. And, uh,
2: I think there's enough good that, that oh, that, absolutely that, that even if something bothers you, you're probably gonna I, did, get I didn't dislike out
3: of this. them. I didn't dislike yeah. it at all. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, there's just a couple of things that kept me from giving it an A. But uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend this to people to watch.
1: Sorry, I
0: talked so long. <laughs> you were very passionate. I like that. I like that. Okay, moving right along. Our next film is Late Phases, which I heard you could get in a horror block. Yes. <laughs> uh, late
3: phases, uh, 2014, uh, directed by Adrian Garcia Bogliano, I believe is how you say that name. I could be incorrect. It's Bologna. And Bologna, uh, <laughs> starring Nick DiMici, Ethan Embry, Lance Guest, <clears throat> Tina Louise, Tom Noonan. Um, this movie is about a a veteran named Ambrose who is blind and recently widowed and his son is kind of taking him and more or less throwing him away in a retirement community. Um, And he starts to notice after he gets there, the people are kind of uh, uh, not much personality to the other people who live in this community. Uh, And he starts to notice that once a month, people's animals are coming up missing and he, his only company is his, is his service dog. And, uh, at, at one point in the evening, he, he, his dog is attacked.
2: It was night, night one that he was there.
3: His dog his his dog is attacked by, uh, a creature. And, uh, I picked this movie, like I said earlier, because I like werewolf movies. I hadn't seen it. I'm always game for a werewolf movie. Um, I don't know, how do you guys want to go with this? Do you guys want to give your initial feelings on this before we go any further into it? Or sure. Or how do we want to go?
0: Sure. <laughs> so, um, this is recommended to me because I, too, am a werewolf guy. Werewolf. Um, what's that?
4: Werewolf. 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 <laughs>
0: um, so, uh, I finally got around to checking it out a couple months ago for the first time. Uh, enjoyed the film. You know, it's so funny because I think in the past fifteen years we've had some unique takes on the werewolf genre, and um, like Twilight. How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, they've been they've been neither bad nor great, and I would put this. Uh, yeah, this is nowhere near bad, but I think this movie, I think this movie is good
2: not quite twilight
0: but yeah right i mean you know with the jacob kid and the dogs and uh <laughs> the way he's like gonna take the daughter and be her boyfriend you know whatever but like so um yes so it's it's a good movie um wasn't my favorite but uh yeah that's my initial thought i i, I like i like a nice twist i like a nice perspective on the werewolf genre um i I like this better than Ginger Snaps, (laughs) which is going to make a lot of people mad, but go ahead. Uh, I actually watched this right when it came out. I was
1: excited for it. I'd heard about a new werewolf movie. I actually did a blind buy on it. It was fairly lukewarm after I watched it um, the first time, but revisiting it for the podcast, I found some more enjoyment in it. uh, Simply because the one little hang-up I had from before, I already knew. And so I enjoyed other elements of the film more on this go around. Um, That's not to say I didn't enjoy it the first time I watched it, but like I said, it wasn't enough for me to go nuts over and recommend everybody. It was just, you know, it was a good movie and I enjoyed it, but uh, it notched up one for me on this viewing for the podcast.
2: Um, Like I said, I bought this in a, in a nerd block. Um, I didn't buy the movie. It just came, but um. I've I've heard of the movie because of working at the at the store. Uh, it came in. Uh, other than that, I really didn't know much about it. Um, I kind of felt like it was Golden Girls meets The Howling. <laughs> um, and honestly, <laughs> I, you know, I went kind of blind to that. I I, didn't, I guess I didn't even pay attention. I didn't get the title. You know, uh, it, it didn't register to watching the movie, and. Um, and I, I guess I didn't notice on the box, but because it's kind of Clint Eastwoodish, but I actually seen that uh, their their take on it was Gran Torino meets uh, Silver Bullet. Yeah, That's what the box says. Oh yeah. Um, disgusting. But uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, uh, I don't know if it's because I didn't know anything about it. Um, uh, I thought it had an original take because uh, not only for a werewolf movie, but a lot of movies. Even though they make money, they don't want to have older cast members. They always go for young. Um, I like that uh, most of the stars are kind of horror staples, um, which you you pretty much named all of them. Uh, Dana Ashbrook, who works the gun store, is another. Yeah, genre from fave from peaks. Twin Peaks and Waxwork, and um, Tanya
1: Alda. She was in Amityville too.
2: She yeah, Amityville too. Uh, Lance Guest from Halloween two, Jaws, uh, Ethan Embry's kind of been in a lot. Tom Noonan from Monster Squad, Manhunter. Uh, Larry Fessenden. Yeah. Uh, special effects is uh, uh, Robert Larry Kurtzman. Larry Dude's
1: gnarly. He's so gross, and I love it.
2: Um, to me, though, um, I'm not really as familiar with uh, the the main star. Uh, I've seen Staklan. I haven't seen the second movie. But I thought the actor was kind of stellar. Uh, and again, it was for a werewolf movie, there's not a lot of original ideas you can do at this point. So I think just the fact that it's like a. Uh, a community having to do with a werewolf problem, but it's like an elderly community. I thought that was original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fact that like some of them were actually kind of uh, uh, like the like the openings, like when he first moves in and he's attacked, but his neighbors attack too. It's, it's almost kind of like they're almost a little bit helpless. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I wasn't sure if the whole community was werewolves because it seemed like they didn't like the idea that he had a gun and uh, he was walking around instead of a cane. He had like a silver like shovel. Which I think adds to it
3: because your protagonist is blind
2: mm-hmm.
3: in this situation, so that puts him well, even more disadvantage. Well, because he's blind,
2: I almost felt like uh, I kept going through, well, you know, like the whole bus with the church, I'm like, oh, well, they're all werewolves. And so I kept going through of like, you know, I like, at one point I just felt like most of the community was probably werewolves and, and you know, mm-hmm. he's just trying to figure out who it is, but I actually, yeah, I really enjoy this movie.
3: Um. Something that bothered me with the Ambrose character, something didn't look right to me, and kept kind of eating at the back of my head. And I didn't know anything about the actor, and I looked at, I was like, I don't know. It's almost like it's bad old age makeup. And then I got online and looked up the actor, I was like, Oh, that's because he is under old age makeup. Well, I don't think I, I don't I think, think Dana of...
2: Ashbrook and them like the last few times, like Lance Guest. I feel like they aged all of them. So the last few times I was like Lance Guest when I met him. Did not look like you know. No, no, and I agree with that too because I almost didn't recognize him. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't recognize this, him at first. Because, I didn't know that
3: that was Lance Gass till toward the end. I only I had met him two or three years ago. No, he did not look as old
2: as. Yeah, he, he looked like a leather head. daddy that I wanted to climb. <laughs>
0: that escalated quickly.
2: Very quickly.
1: I just <laughs> remember him taking on that shark once it got personal. Uh, this movie,
3: uh, man, something that'll. Something that will really sour a werewolf movie for me and the experience with the movie as a whole is the look of the werewolf. Yeah. And I
2: kind of feel like they shit in the bed. I didn't. I, 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 I think the look of the werewolf was good, but they might have. It's not perfect, so they could have kept it. Like the beginning scene, uh, he wasn't revealed as much. The um,
1: beginning scene was badass. Yeah, so yeah. It,
2: it, it reminded me of the howling a little bit of American Werewolf. Um, but yeah. once they showed too much of it, yeah, toward the end, they, uh, it almost looked like film. it almost looked like they could have been filming Power Rangers. The, yeah, the face but, was real. Yeah, but but yeah. It, it didn't take me out of the movies, it, and there were still elements that that was disturbing toward the end.
1: So that was my one hang-up. their eyes. Um, I couldn't get over it. I mean, it was almost—is it because they're cartoonish. old people?
2: Like you hate elderly
1: werewolves? <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me alone. That when the werewolf comes in the back door of that woman's house at the beginning, that's worth the price of admission. Yeah. That's one of the best werewolf scenes I've seen, yeah, since I was a kid. Yeah, that was good. It's scary as
2: hell. Well, plus the doggy door, where it's oh, like yeah. you get a peek of it. it first, like it yeah. was kind of disturbing because the door keeps opening, you can see just a glimpse of its like face,
1: yeah,
2: and then it's like I wasn't expecting it, I think, to burst through the door like that, but.
1: Well, and that's what I thought was so scary in Silver Bullet too. It's not like you're finding yourself out in these exotic rural places, coming in your house, and so that was really creepy. With, with that, the way they I, did
3: and, that, and that that further's a point too. I think that later in the movie you get the werewolf outdoors, and to me it doesn't appear as menacing because it's in the wide open, whereas in a house it it appears so much bigger. You lose that as they start showing more outdoorsy stuff. Yeah. Uh, There are transformation, there are pieces of the transformation that I love. I love that peel the skin off the top as you're transforming. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh so that that was good. And and that's a that's another very important thing for me if you're gonna make a werewolf movie, have your transformation shit together. Mm -hmm. And they did, and I will give them props for that. Yeah, other
1: reveal too with when they lead up to it and right as they go to answer it, it just shows the mere closing of that music starting. With our yeah. guy looking in the mirror at the wounds he's got on his shoulder, I thought that was a great scene as well.
0: Uh, so I love Noonan as the priest. Damn. Yes,
1: yes, Noonan
3: was very good. I love Noonan, the interactions. I think was, between when is I think Noonan was N- was N- a N- N- in a high spot? Yeah,
2: because when is Noonan not good? Though? Yeah, you know, what I mean, scene stealer. Um, yeah, the transformation scene I thought was pretty good, and and before that, what I thought was strange is broad daylight when he's just going around and biting his neighbors. I wasn't yeah. expecting it, but it was. It was. I
3: don't know. Now, now this is a movie we we got. We just talked about the ritual, which looks like a million bucks. You can tell that this movie has budget constraints, and I'm glad
1: you're bringing that Ball up. On the I want to get to that.
3: Yeah, you can tell that this movie has budget constraints,
1: which I think is what makes it more impressive because mm-hmm. we dig into deeper, more complex characters and a different type of movie because they couldn't afford to make a traditional werewolf movie. I would have been with okay with all of it. If those those damn eyes were better on the werewolves because the way they use them even later is creepy. The long shots, even out them lurking outside the house, working together for attack. Yeah. It's creepy. It's surreal to see them out there like that. It's just the eyes. That's my only hangup. It's not enough to make it a, a bad movie. I still really like it. Um, so just to run through it real quick, they they when they attacked a woman, we've also attacked our seeing-eye dog. We've now left this man that was bitter, uh, and basically all he had was this dog. Yep. And so he's ready. He's going to do everything he can. he spend can. all the
2: money on the headstone? Yep.
1: He, he spends he all his money his on the headstone that he doesn't have the budget for, which his son points out to he him. He goes home yeah. alone um he does yeah and so he, he, man, he trains we watch him out in the backyard working on moves um mm-hmm. and we see them put to use as the movie progresses but we run kind of a, a parallel story with kind of filling in the pieces on the background of the characters the interactions with the the new community that he's in mm-hmm. which is very effective the uh, land's guest is so matter of fact with his affliction in a way that i've never seen in a werewolf movie it's jarring even when he's talking to Noonan, when when
3: him. he's talking to yeah, when he is talking to Noonan, and basically tells him, "Look, I'm going to kill you." Yeah, but it's a mercy that I'm giving you because if I don't kill you, you're going to be afflicted like I am. Right. So it's it's a mercy that I am going to kill you.
1: Yeah. So and
3: understand that that it that it is a mercy that yeah,
1: I'm kill and you. he's building up, uh, you know other other werewolves to help him Mm -hmm. as he goes around biting them which is also a fascinating take on it i think um but yeah i mean we we kind of fill in the gaps on some of these characters um i love ambrose's relationship that he quickly forms with noonan and talking to him and they're joking back and forth with smoking and doing that together i think that that really spruced up the film um and you know as you'd expect we get closer to the end and we deal with it and it's, uh, it's impressive. It's I like that in the middle of it, he tries to call his son, who they have finally had the falling out. Um, and we cut that, and then we hear that as the voiceover at the end. Um, but, I mean, is there anything you guys want to talk about
0: with this no, big, that's big my, finale? No, that's probably my favorite part of the film. The yeah. thing with his son, because they have such a fractured relationship. And, and he's th- just like, my dad's beyond... Any, any saving with our relationship, and he leaves in that voicemail. And we get yeah. to hear that at the and, end. And how cool is it that, that there him. wasn't
1: a crazy twist? Yep. He's he's just yeah. he says, "I'm broken, man, and I'm sorry, but I loved you." Like, and, and I'm like sorry, the only I didn't do thing a better I got job. Right. Yeah. And I just I thought that was great because you're you're wondering like what's going to be the crazy message that he leaves, and it's nothing other than closure for his kid. And he says, "The only thing I was good at was being a soldier," and that's how he goes out. Yep. Uh, trying to, uh, if nothing else, uh, stand up for his damn dog. The only thing in the world he cared about that he had uh, taken away from him because he was there protecting him. And so he wanted to, you know, get revenge for that. And I just loved how basic that was. But at the same time, taking uh, kind of complex routes with the werewolf story and spending that because they didn't have the money to do much more. And I thought that they did a very – uh, creative maneuvering around that so other than the eyes man I love it, it that's my only hang up I'll say this in closing for me um,
3: watching the movie and at the end of it it's kind of disappointed um, I almost felt it's the first time that it was a movie that I picked for the mash that I was kind of like oh, I don't I don't know if I really cared for that you know that I picked that um, now. But I'll say this: having sat here and listened to everybody else talk, I would be willing to give this movie another shot.
1: That's that was why it was way based
3: on the conversation that's
1: been had here. I tonight. got so much more of it with yeah. this viewing, knowing the characters a little bit and what I was getting. Yeah. got a lot more out of it the the second time.
0: I'll definitely give it a second viewing. Definitely.
2: Um, closing thoughts for me. Um, well, first off, the when he shot his damn toe, like I thought that was disturbing.
4: Oh yeah. Um, I, I think
2: something that resonated with me is, is dealing with, um, with older parents. Um, I think it's brought up in the movie that he talks about how this isn't where, you know, we're, we're left to live our lives. It's where we're dropped off to die and, and, you know, having to deal with like, uh, elderly parents and, and, you know, like, um, you know, you want them to be happy, but kind of like the place they're, they're put in, it's almost like, well, they're in a community and then we're going to move on with our lives. And it's almost like a transition for that too. And um, I don't know. I kind of think the fact that again, it was a low budget. They based it more on the relationships with the characters and and I think the actor sold it really well. Um, But it kind of was like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think his intentions was to die. It was, it was to fight back, but I think he was kind of broken and it's like, well, here's where I'm going to end up, you know, dying out the, the last few of my days. Um, even before the, the werewolf attack. Um I don't know. I felt like again it was a unique movie, it held had elderly people instead of a bunch of young kids. So I don't know. I think that's why it resonated with me. I think
0: its following will grow over time. Oh yeah. I mean, anyone who's recommended to me has had nothing but good things to say. I,
2: I would definitely be on board. I mean it would I don't know how they would go about doing <laughs> it, but I would I would like to see a sequel from this. Even if it's uh, maybe different characters, but same same idea.
0: Maybe a different retirement community maybe. with the same affliction. When Vinny is old enough to play
1: <laughs> the werewolf. But I, one last thing I just wanted to say was that I thought it was interesting, too, how you kind of learned that neither Ethan Embry uh, you know, or Ambrose, his father, um, either one of them are that bad. They're just humans. Yeah, that struggled with some stuff. I mean, the the dad went blind, and uh, you know, by the time we got to the loss of his wife and his mother, um, it just fell apart. Yeah, but I don't think Ethan Embry necessarily is a bad kid doing the traditional thing. I think he's. I don't think even if he was trying to have his dad live with him, his dad would have it. I think his dad's become impossible. Yeah, but. There's there's human reasons why they are the way they are, yeah. and I think it's interesting. By the end, when you're listening to the narrative over watching the the, the burial, that's just his son and and his son's wife, um, knowing that like neither one of them were that bad. And when you first start the movie, you think, wow, he's kind of surly, and his son's a shithead for dropping him here. I kind of thought
2: like, I thought the daughter was wanting to get the money because uh, I, I, I think all these things played out early on in the film because of of knowing how things happen with with people and how they deal again with, you know, their, their elderly family. So she kept mentioning money. And then in hindsight, after what the movie, she, they really did want him protected. But to me, it was like, is that, you know, is she just like wanting the last of his money? And it was in reality. It was none of that. So. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: Right. Well, I'd recommend this to, to anybody. Yeah, sure. Anybody that's been in the genre. Yeah.
2: yeah. say thank you for being a friend. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but enough with the heavy stuff.
0: Let's get on to Home Invasion. (laughs) Home Invasion. Moving right along to Hot Toddy's pick, The Strangers.
2: Oh, The Strangers. Uh, 2008, uh, starring Scott Speedman, Liv Tyler, Kip Weeks, Laura Mogulis, and Jim Award, um... I think that's actually, I think the entire cast, other than the two Mormon boys.
1: And you got Dennis from It's Always and, Sunny. And yeah, and Dennis Glenn from Howerton. It's Always Sunny,
2: which is uh, Glenn Howerton. Um, written and directed by Brian uh, Bortino, and who also wrote the sequel. Um, I will say, going in, um, this is definitely one of those genres that's uh, based on a true story. Man, I dug into this to be like, man, what's the true story? And it's actually just based off uh, an incident when he was a child. Where somebody came to his door and asked for someone that didn't live there, and then you know they went away, and then they found out like a week later that that same night a bunch of houses had been broken into. Um,
0: now I'd always heard it was also based on the Keddie Keddie. cabin yeah. murders.
2: Um, I don't see if you talk like the things I've seen with the writer. That's the only thing he would go into is the true incident, and then he said he based it with the idea of the Manson murders, but. I don't know. Maybe that's part of the folklore. Yeah. I'd heard
1: that too. Yeah. The doc- Cause there's, I've seen a little documentary. I think you told me about it. Ca- Cabin Cabin. Yeah. Cabin 28. Cause, is. cause uh,
2: the sequels also billed as based on a true story. And you know, I thought maybe again, it was a different incident and um, it looks like it's still just based off of, of the first movie. Yeah. Um, uh, basic premise of the film is it's a, uh, a boyfriend and girlfriend. yeah um, They're coming back from a wedding to stay overnight, and I believe it's his father's house, and he was going to propose to his um, girlfriend that night, and things don't go in favor, and it looks like it's going to be the end of their relationship, and um, it's actually kind of where they're not really arguing, and it's, to me, even more tension because there's not a lot being said. There's heavy, heavy uh, tension between them. And then there's a knock on the door, wanting a a stranger that they can't quite see, wanting to know if Tamara is home. And, um, again, the fact that they're out in the middle of nowhere, and and it's, I believe, four in the morning when the knock comes. Um, So it's pretty bizarre. And then uh, things escalate later from there as... Uh, we find out that there's three masked people that are trying to get into the house uh, to, to pretty much end their lives once they get in, and that's the that's the strangers in a in a nutshell.
0: Pretty much, <laughs> it's it's a pretty simple premise and film that is terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's not your average horror movie no. because all these things you brought up with. The tension, the unspoken tension that's there.
2: There's know, not a lot of dialogue they, in this movie, really, compared they, to yeah, other.
0: They've been crying. They're disheveled. There's an engagement ring. He wants his buddy to come pick him up. Like, they were supposed to stay here. It was supposed to be special. There's rose petals. But like, none of that's explained. It's just shown to you. It's not like. I I thought you loved me and you turned me down. And what more Even do you want from, from the be? get-go? It's that. that
3: car ride. And you can see that she's got tears on her face.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And they're not speaking to each other. Uh, my thing with this movie is, and and I've said it a million times, I like fantasy in my horror. I
2: like a certain amount of... Escap- <laughs> this is far away from
4: that.
3: I like a certain amount of escapism even in my horror, because my thing is always that I get enough horrors in real life with the world we live in that when I sit down to watch a film, I like some escapism. So, this was this assignment was rather daunting to me. Uh, I had I avoid movies like this for a reason. I don't like, like I say, I need that escapism. Now, that being said, what helps is when I start the movie. When I see a famous actress like Liv Tyler who's so recognizable, that gives me enough of, oh, that's Liv Tyler. This is just a movie. That I don't get that amount of anxiety that I, I guess, was afraid of getting out of the movie. Having known faces, known actors. Is this your
2: first time viewing
3: it? Yes. And I think that diffuses... Those feelings that I'm that I avoid these movies for having an, an actor and actress that I already know from something else helps to kind of put me in a place of oh okay I can just watch
0: this as a movie and I think that's a detriment to the film I think okay. if they would have casted an unknown um, it would have been that much more unsettling it's already unsettling sure
1: yeah but I was gonna say I don't think it hurts it I just think what you're saying would have helped it
0: yeah like for example like Paranormal Activity. If Liv Tyler would have been the female lead in Paranormal Activity, it would have felt different. Exactly, but the fact that they cast the unknowns, just like Blair Witch, I mean, this sort of thing, ultra realistic. I don't know. If, I don't know if people is. would
2: have would have set through it because it might have been too much. Because I read somewhere is that that, that, that these line yeah. of uh, based on a true story films, even if they're very little or, or, or not at all.
1: Yeah, the key word is inspired versus so, based.
2: Well, and 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 the idea is that. W- when people go in the theater knowing it's based on a true story, it's it's almost like people are now watching a documentary. They're not yeah. watching a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: They're applying it to their life. Yeah, in a way, like this. And 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 uh,
2: with a storyline like this, uh, um I mean, you know, there's a lot of horror movies or like any genre really where like Steven Seagal hanging outside of a helicopter, that's unrealistic, but man, three people coming out to your country home in the middle of the night. To to do a home invasion to kill you, like it's and, and, it's real. And
3: think about this movie. Are we getting into things that have happened? Into should it we yet? go around?
2: Uh, so so uh, for if it's first time viewing and and what you your initial thoughts? Second viewing. Uh, and the movie is so good. I mean, it's it's worth
0: multiple watches, but it's so unsettling that it's hard to watch multiple times. Uh-huh. So no, this is my second viewing. I liked it the first time. I like it this time. It's a great movie and I'd recommend it to anybody. And like I said, when I was describing it as not your average horror film, I mean that wholeheartedly because it is so simple, so terrifying and so complex in its simplicity.
1: Uh, I guess I'm the weirdo. It's probably my fifth or sixth <laughs> viewing of this for me. Uh, they're for a stretch when people be over and they'd want to watch a scary movie. So it'll be, frequently be a go-to because it was one a lot of people had heard of but necessarily hadn't watched. So it was just one that seemed to come up in those instances.
0: And I think the production quality makes it accessible. Yeah, if very this, true. If this was a $200,000 movie. And somebody like Liv Tyler, maybe. Yeah. Not playing. You know, no, 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 just, no. I think you're exactly I, right. That, I think that it may was, help. If this was a $200,000 movie and it didn't look as good and it didn't have Liv Tyler in the lead, People would be immediately turned off. Yeah, there wouldn't be much. And joy
3: the lead, lead guys from Underworld, isn't
2: he? And and yeah, uh, and what was like the Felicity or one of the teen shows that? Yeah, but all those cute skinny white guys look the same to me. Like it's, it's <laughs> well, there's the the also same. the other Scott that's from Felicity that I always get mixed up. With. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I will say this was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had in a movie theater. Was seeing this. Oh, I went I opening night, night. Theater. Opening night, completely jam-packed theater, and man, it. I was so excited at that time because it felt like I'm getting a little bit of the heyday here because people were into it. They were hollering. They were, I mean, it was, it was fun, man. Like that completely, like it forever changed my relationship with watching that film. There's always going to be that element of energy to it because of those strangers I watched it with. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's one that I still like. I think that, uh, it's very effective modern horror because I think that our lives revolve around our space
4: yeah. and our
1: technology, yeah. and this this messes with that. Yep. Um, well, that's it's as simple as that. I mean, the masks are cool; they're not they're not too much. Everything is just it's just believable enough to make well, it. Well, yeah, because scary. it's
3: not a big body count movie yeah. at all.
1: Yeah.
3: It's the people being terrorized yeah, over a few hours and the, and there the there's before and... the last two minutes of the movie there's one kill and it's not even
1: the people yeah. terrorizing and the, who do and the, the killing the, yeah and the victims do it
3: yeah
2: homeboy shot his buddy
1: man that's a, that was that's awesome. what he gets for having the Which people, system <laughs>
2: people bring up a lot when it when this movie's mentioned that if i was there and i had the gun i would have used it and i think they forget they did use it and yeah, it didn't so work in their jumpy. favor yeah. they were
3: so jumpy yeah
2: you
0: see, this film is why I have guns in multiple rooms of the house. <laughs>
2: no matter where I'm at. So I uh, for, for me, I, I, I'm kind of like Ryan where I've seen this quite a few times. And and again, um, this is kind of a go-to. Like if people wanted to watch something scary, I knew this one was effective. Um, I think I saw this either opening night or they did a premiere or something. But um, I think this came out around Captain America, the first one. And I bring that up because I I took my nephew to see both films. And Captain America, we come out of a, a, a midnight showing. And uh, I remember there was somebody with a flat tire or something. And it's like everybody wanted to work together to help get this car back on the road and go. And we come out of the strangers and there was a car and their battery wouldn't start. And no one wanted to help the car. Because <laughs> no, it was Captain. like, fuck. We that. on the moon,
4: bitch. <laughs> um,
2: I, I think for me, um, man, just rewatching it just for the podcast. And again, I've seen it a bunch of times. It's still scary. It's still intense. Um, it's really claustrophobic. Um, yeah. It's in the house. And when, when it's not in the house and they're out in the open, because, um, man, like, you know, I don't want to bring up the sequel because we're not talking about that. But like both movies, it's like I hate, I get on my dad for yelling at the screens. I'm like, they can't hear you. But damn, both these movies, I, when I'm watching it, I'm constantly like, shut the fuck up. They can hear you. Like, quit breathing heavy. Yeah. Like, hide. Run. Um, so when they're outside, I don't, I don't, I never lose the feeling of claustrophobia, phobia, which is strange because you should feel safe, like you, it should ease when they're outside. Yeah. But it doesn't, and and right when you know every time they're watching one and you think they're gonna get a lead on them, the the other one's like back in the corner watching you, like it's it's very effective. And and to me, what's um what scares me the most to me is the unknown and. You do not know who these people are. You do, there's really no explanation other than that they were home, as to why they yeah. why they target them. Yeah, that that's the scariest part of it is that they didn't do anything to deserve it. Yeah,
3: and even at the end, when they say why, and they said because you were home. Yeah, and it's like, holy shit! And there's no happy ending
2: here. Yeah, there's there's no not, happy ending. And, and and you know. uh, I I feel like other movies that's similar to this, eventually the masks come off and, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I like, I'll bring up even the worst, the worst like Halloween movie with Michael Myers. Michael Myers is still effective because they don't yank the mask off and show his face. Um, even if it's like a terrible movie and Busta Rhymes is doing karate on him, (laughs) Michael Myers is still somewhat effective because he's masked and, you know, you don't know what's on under there and it's, um, Almost kind of like uh, the looks of the mask too. It's almost like you can still like the idea of uh, Michael Myers mask was you project your fear onto mm-hmm. him. I felt like they did that with the strangers because uh, like the man is almost wearing a, a bag like the town that dreaded sundown or, yeah. or Friday the Thirteenth too. And uh, the other ones, uh, the one looks like a weird pop mask, like a, like nineteen sixties or something. And I love that when they do unmask they
1: don't show their faces yeah and
2: i think that's that's even more important and and they just drive off yeah. at the, like they're again also, also
1: an equally creepy line out there
2: um you know and, yeah. and and previous podcasts, you know we talk about urban legend and stuff and the problem with those movies is they go into a whole backstory of why they're doing it and that's missing here and and when the movie ends i feel unsettled um i feel creeped yeah, out you i don't, I, I, you I don't feel don't safe shit. Like I said, when we left the theater, the movie didn't stop when, when the movie ended for me, When we left the theater. I was, I was on, un- on Um, I was paranoid, mm-hmm. you know, I'm checking the back seat of the car as we get in. I'm, I'm making sure shit's locked at home. Um, it's an effective movie. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah, for sure. For
1: yeah, sure. He said, he says to the girl who's, uh, gets a, they stopped the truck next to the, the two boys who were out going door to door for their church. Um, and I don't. I, you kind of wonder if if she, the girl that goes towards him, is seeking something immediately after what they've done, or you don't know what's getting ready to happen. But uh, when he says to her, "It'll be easier next time," uh, to me that that's just chilling because that means we're just doing this for the hell of it. Yeah. Um. It's it's man. It's heavy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And I think the part of part of what makes it. Um, twice as upsetting as we go along as knowing that love has fallen apart for them you know what I mean in the, yeah. in the waning hours of their life, and then we watch how they have to sit next to each other, leaned in um it's just watch watch a rough one, watch
3: man. each other die, yeah- yeah,
2: it's rough there there's a lot of uh, yeah. weird things that uh that when I was trying to find if this like what the actual true story was. A lot of weird things that the directors did, like um, the the song that keeps playing is "Mama Tried." Yeah,
4: that's Merle by Haggard. Merle
2: Haggard and the Strangers.
4: Yeah,
2: um, there's a lot of weird little, um, like they connected Liv Tyler to um, her dad's like original band, which was some like the Strangers. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of weird quirks, and again, I think um, there's there's not a lot of uh speaking in this movie, so I, I think everything they did in this movie was genius, and and the things we talked about, like like he mentioned, if it was recast and it was unknowns, I think if it, it had such a line that if they would have crossed more with unknowns, I don't know that I could have ever like watched it again ever. And then I don't know that it would have been a hit because it would have been too much. And then at the same like that, they just kept this this line that they definitely crossed back and forth, but like it walks a, a thin line that uh, to me kind of makes for a perfect horror movie.
4: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I, I have to recommend this movie to everybody Yeah, in the genre. Even casual yes, horror fans. It's just that good and that unsettling. And when I posted that I was watching it, just people that I know that aren't even fans of the genre, they're like, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: it, it was one of those ones, man, <laughs> that reached out and touched a whole lot of people. <laughs> um, I just want to mention real quick the description of the, the Ketty case.
0: Since okay. we had alluded yeah, yeah, no, to no, no, it. No. I thought about doing it
1: too. Um, it's an unsolved 81 quadruple homicide that happened in cabin 28 at the Ketty Resort in Ketty, California. Uh, the mother, uh, who was 36, her son, 15 years old, his friend, 17 years old, and three years later, they would find the skull of the 12 year old daughter who went missing. Um, it was a bloodbath, and it was discovered the following morning uh, by the sister, daughter, yeah. uh, who was at a sleepover next door. Yep. Um, Next door. Also, two brothers asleep in the house, untouched. Didn't wake up. Didn't know it had happened. This is at a resort. Oh no, this isn't a resort. That like it's, this is it's like it? yeah. This these towns like have because like,
2: that's that's you're almost describing the sequel.
1: Well, these towns had like two thousand people. There's a neighboring hmm. one too. Um so there's like maybe like a trailer park but with cabins. Right. This that's, woman had been That's had, part two. This woman had been living So I'm sure
2: this is this probably is based off that then and then
1: Well, I know that this is what I always heard about yeah. for the first one. Well, it makes I,
2: sense cuz like I think he wrote two has been <laughs> written for a long time. Uh, so it probably would make sense then that 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 this both films are based off. Might be. Yeah. Sounds like it.
1: But yeah, the um Yeah, the the daughter came in and discovered him. Um Clawhammer Knife on the floor, everybody bound and blood everywhere. And people just savaged
0: and zero clues
1: still unsolved. (laughs) Uh,
0: unsolved. Every
1: couple of years, there's something new that emerges. Uh, I think especially with this movie, there's been a little bit of traction with interest for, from outside people. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's still unsolved. The little girl's skull was found 50 miles away. Um, they, they still frequently believe that it was a neighbor and his friend. Um, because the mom had been encouraging a divorce with this friend. Yeah. And suppose many people believe this husband came over and did that. Yeah. I won't speak on that because I don't know enough about the case to even have a theory, but... And the documentary is pretty boring. Yeah, it is. It's pretty But dry. after the movie and that you hear about this, you were like, oh, I got to watch that. So yeah. I remember checking it out, but I haven't returned to and it. It's it, just but... called Cabin 28 and there's a sequel. To yeah. It. And to your credit, what you're talking about with the director, I had heard him say that too. So I think it was kind of a combination of things. Yeah. But... What
2: and, and, and what you just described, I mean, it's different, but the sequel is as a family going to a trailer park resort. Yeah. Um.
1: And their situation there I think was because of a single mother um, yeah and they lived there for maybe three months and it was just
2: which you know, which I, I, a I of will say as ends. intense this is the sequel's a different direction but the fact that it's a family instead of two people falling out of love it's definitely a different feeling than watching the second movie Have you seen the sequel yeah I thought you had yeah uh, the, it's it's I feel like it's even more brutal because it's a it's a it's a family yeah all right.
1: Been a really lighthearted episode. So far, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go home to and
2: cry myself to sleep.
0: Round and third and heading home, <laughs> yes, with the professor's favorite film
2: and Jake's Hall puzzle
0: pieces. Uh, so we have pieces, which was a Spanish film, uh, which was originally called Mil Gritos tiene La Noche, <laughs> and uh, it came out in 1982. Who'd say Nacho Ball Grande. the year of my birth, uh, and so boy, where do you begin with this one? um starts off with a young boy who is putting together a nudie puzzle Wait, let's just do initial thoughts before I hit the synopsis professor
1: I don't I think maybe I was the only person at this table who'd already seen this and to be honest I'd already seen it like three or four times it's uh is
2: this in your spank bank I wouldn't go that <laughs> far but
1: it's uh, it's just you know how you click with the bizarre movies occasionally that's just fun midnight movies? This is one for me. This is like – this is something that's fun to put on with somebody who's interested in going to the next level with the horror the little bit more. <laughs> the little. You know what I mean though? Like the when sleazier – you want to turn it
2: up to 11.
1: To the more bizarre um, and nonsense. you're like and nonsense. yourself with a belt while you're watching the movie. Man. Uh, you guys like horror movies, anybody? <laughs> um, but uh, – but yeah no this this is one i've seen a handful of times it's really bad um but what i always found compelling about it is that there is no middle they do some things incredibly in it and then some things are just absolutely ridiculous i'll agree with that um so i'll leave it at that for uh
2: this is my first time viewing um i It's another it, it's it's so bad but I I really liked the movie. It was it was so bad it's fun. Um I don't know that it was intended to make me laugh, but I laughed. There's so much I laughed at in this movie. Um from the cuckoo puzzle at the beginning uh, <laughs> uh of the of for those of you playing Midwest Monsters <laughs> Bingo <that laughs> was, there, <put> your little, <laughs> cover your cuckoo square. Yeah, cover your cuckoo square. time to take a shot. Uh, The mommy dearest open. Top selling song of 1943. Sorry. From the, the like Bruce Lee karate instructor on campus. Uh, My my note is Kung Fu instructor racist AF. (laughs) It reminded me of a video I saw recently. Uh, Oh, with one of our co-hosts. Yeah. Um, I I, definitely, I know the movie. Um, I know it's talked about a lot. Um, I feel like I should have watched it before now, to be honest. And um, you brought up the the tagline. I used to remember this box in the video store. Really? And it, it ties, it tie, you know, the mention of Texas Chainsaw. This movie was never in to rent, ever, <laughs> ever. Really? Right along with the necromantic movies. You could not rent this movie. They were always checked out. Because there was a kid over on 9th Street. <laughs> who had them all. Eight. Eight. My
1: bad. Um, <laughs> a... Fake news.
2: <laughs> that seems pretty accurate. Um, no, I, I I enjoyed this movie. I actually watched it by myself. Um, I think these kind of movies are fun to watch with friends, so I definitely see a, a repeat viewing in my in I, my near
1: future. I took this over to former co-host Mad Chance House years ago and uh, had the jaws hanging down, I think. <laughs> a Politely bit. asked
0: to leave after <laughs> that. Uh, first time viewing... Didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> Just uh, bits and am, pieces. I'm Still not sure what I got. That's exactly into. what I was going to say. I'm still figuring out how I feel about it. Did you think Just it was about it? Did you think
3: anybody? it was about
2: Reese's pieces? <laughs> yes.
3: I, I will say this uh, to the listeners: uh,
0: I was able to watch it in full on YouTube. So. Even though I gave you a high def copy to watch,
2: I got I found mine on Shutter. <laughs> uh, which every time I go to cancel, I, I've had it free now for like three months. Uh, but it was actually available on shutter nice. so
0: so we open with a little boy putting together a nudie jigsaw puzzle or as hot toddy would call it a cuckoo, cuckoo. puzzle and his mother walks in and catches him and flips out <laughs> and says you're just like your father so we get we get a negative image of his dad
1: right yeah evidently a Avid plan- puzzle collector. That or a <laughs> philanderer.
0: <laughs> or a puzzle philanderer. And so uh, so the little boy is upset with his mother uh, disciplining him, so he takes a butcher axe sure. to his mother. Dirk.
3: This kid is serious about his porn, folks.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, or uh, his puzzles. I think he just wanted yeah. to finish the puzzle. And
0: after murdering his mother, he hides in the closet to where uh, the nanny finds him for his aunt. Somebody finds him, calls the cops, or doesn't find him, finds the blood the 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 murder scene, calls the cops, the cops come, they find him and console him. that you know, he'll be fine. Not, not
1: He also not, went back to putting his puzzle together. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, yep. get out of the way, bitch.
2: Move, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> get out <laughs> the way. Then we get the splooge title screen.
0: <laughs> and then we we move into years later, they're on a campus and people are being murdered. Maybe catch my drift, and uh... I think it's pretty straightforward, actually. It's like a brick in the your, back. your windows, <laughs> <are> pretty
1: severe.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets by you,
0: detective. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we progress then with a groundkeeper who shows up to a girl studying on a lawn who proceeds to chop was, her up was with Was the, the groundkeeper
2: uh, from Popeye? <laughs> I,
0: I, I put that down. as said, Willard looking like Pluto. <laughs> So
1: He's always the first thing up. I think of with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, see? Y'all love this damn movie.
0: <laughs> so There's a uh, chainsaw murder uh then we have a famous tennis star who becomes a detective who then goes undercover
1: as a tennis instructor
2: i love that who will
1: sniff that one out they're they're
2: they're undercover but there's like a young college student they're just like you go undercover Um, with
1: her i would like to fast forward to one quick thing regarding her one of my favorite moments in the entire movie is after she has discovered a crime scene and comes out of the building and goes, BASTARD! It just keeps screaming
0: it. <laughs> three times. Yeah. It's in my notes. It's... She just screamed bastard. Woo! Three times. It is, uh... uh everything... So I'm just going to get you at the high spots here. Folks, this is just a, a wild movie. There's no real discernible plot except people keep getting murdered and we're just trying to find out who's doing the murdering. <laughs> and Blue <laughs> <Yeah>, We <hey, hey. laughs> We assume he's the murderer because he is. Creepy AF. Um, I mean, we got everything to actual dialogue in the film where a girl says, have you ever tried smoking pot yeah. and fucking on a waterbed? <laughs> My note says that waterbed <laughs> Um
2: Just, uh, and then you've got to get get they, on the water. They bed. find the, the yeah, cha- they find a chainsaw later. and they're like, the killer must have used this chainsaw. <laughs> right. The bloody chainsaw. So, Basically, she later gets killed
1: on the waterbed. Anything that triggers sexually is getting these people killed. Yeah. So the only thing I, I can never figure out is if the girl that's skateboarding at the beginning sets it all off by breaking a mirror, which makes him think of his mom breaking the mirror. But is that the same girl who's then laying out in a field in the next shot, uncut, reading a book, that gets killed? I just don't know. So I think she's okay from running into the... Uh, in, Wall size mirror that she shatters. Oh, but just... I think that's supposed to insinuate that we're kicking off uh, triggering uh, the stuff from childhood.
0: Which would make me think this is an Italian film, but it's Spanish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, oh. you, you've got many elements too, though. Like the guy who scored Fulci's films yep. helped score this with Cam, the group um, of composers. So it feels like one of those movies for them. Because I love the music. In it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The music's better than a damn movie. Right. But, which I even like the credits. I like the just ridiculous, campy, gory letters. and
4: yeah. That Oh, yeah.
1: Music playing. It's just, oh, yeah. it's got that fun late night, uh, just sleazy ass horror movie. But, um, yeah, everything that seems to trigger uh, the killer that we watch stalking around at times, which, by the way, is modeled after the shadow. I read that. Yeah. Um, so you've got dancers turning him on. You know what I mean? Like, right. we've got the different different elements, the girl that goes down and gets in the pool. But what's crazy to me in this movie is the gore. The gore is
4: awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Like, it's, it's worth the price of admission. Because it's a dumbass movie.
0: And so that's the thing, folks. We find out that the killer is our young boy from the beginning. Because he still has his coot coot puzzle. Who, yep. did, who did... Was that the uh, one... Like, was there
3: any the question... Was, no. it, was there any question that that's who our killer was, though? Honestly. No, it's just who,
2: who is, who, he? is
0: he grown right.
2: P- who is he grown Professor Robert Goulet. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. yeah. um, and
0: so as he's killing, he is collecting... Pieces. Pieces.
2: Yep. Which is the name of the film. Get pieces it? Pieces of body. Maybe if he worked the puzzle correctly and did the edges first, he could finish the puzzle.
1: Because <laughs> he's basically building his mom again. Yeah. Um the Kung Fu fight is because the producer was simultaneously making a Kung Fu movie. And that's one of the Bruce Lee imitators, Bruce L E. And he was like, come be in my movie for a scene. Cause he thought people would love it. So that's literally why that's in there. Has nothing to do with anything, obviously, but I did want to clarify it's because of the producer who we saw in Slaughter High.
0: And that's why, and, and he shows up because our tennis star who's undercover as a detective tennis instructor is out <laughs> snooping for the killer and she comes across this kung fu instructor
1: yeah. and they don't neither one of them back down
2: <laughs> that's right i think at one point in my notes uh, for the killer that the killer is carmen sandiego uh,
1: <laughs> one, uh, a couple of things i mentioned the gore we can specify scenes if anybody wants to but there's some great stuff with that my favorite scene in the movies in the elevator and the way that they use the fixture to mm-hmm. stop the elevator to put the hand on so that mm-hmm. you could put the arm against that and so the when you're doing it against it it moves it so it actually looks like her hand is getting cut off yeah it's crazy um and then some of the after effects of of you know like the girl in the shower cut in half no oh, stuff yeah. is gnarly it's Brutal. some of the best of like gore effects you'll see yeah and that's what's fascinating to me about this it's like i jotted down on my notes a perfect microcosm of the movie is Susie's body in the shower which is then followed by the bastard. Like, mm. how you could have something done so well, and then that. Yeah, so ridiculous. That's pieces in a nutshell. Um, But one other thing that I really, really enjoy about it is the access to the PA system to oh, drown yeah. out the sound of the chainsaw.
0: Yeah.
2: Pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Toddie, you got any notes on this? Um, I mean, I, I think the death scenes make the movie. The um, <laughs> I have, like, worst cops ever. Uh, yeah. He has, like, a 20-minute conversation with the young boy, and it's like, well, I trust him. <laughs> I'll deputize um, you. Yeah, so like the the characters were were odd. Uh, a lot of the story was odd, but but the but the, the death scenes make the movie. And I'm um, I don't know, it's a fun odd movie.
1: It's parts laying by the pool.
2: Um, they also hang dong. I applaud that. Yeah,
1: yeah that's true. <laughs> there is there is a dong hangage.
2: Uh, voluptuous <laughs> mini. You got any other notes <laughs> on this?
0: Nope.
1: How we dude? We got another hour. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, one thing I want to bring up real quick is Willard and his uh, immediate response to fighting. Uh, when we're down in the pool... He assumes, well, they're going to blame this on me. I'm going to fight everyone. <laughs> yeah, he starts kicking the hell out of God. The kid's smashing a two-by-four on him, and he's making them sounds and still fighting <laughs> everybody. But it's just like, whoa, dude, like, why?
2: He's like, was Chris Farley in that Folgers? Yeah.
1: It's like the door opens, and it's like, the can of whoop-ass is open. We don't even Because he's to had to live oh, his so life looking like that. And he knows as soon as it <laughs> goes down, everybody's going to blame him. Later on in the movie, when they're asking him who has access to the stuff, and it's like walleyes <laughs> wiggling. <laughs> He's just like,
0: what in the <laughs> hell is going on it's here? Like the, moment, the moment he sees the cops, it's like bulls on parade by Rage Against the Machine. He starts playing, <laughs> he just starts fighting everybody. So, so we get to the end, and we find out that it is the Dean of the Universe. President, Dean. Yeah, Dean. The dean of the university yeah. who is the killer. Who is the little boy from the beginning of the film. Who likes
3: to... to jerk it, apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, fitting ear. <here. laughs> you like what you like. And uh, so he's got the pieces puzzle. He's got our, our tennis star, undercover detective, tennis instructor, drugged so she can't respond. They're, and they're trying to find out what's going on. And uh, eventually they stop him, but then they open the closet. And the final piece together corpses there mm. for one last big scare, and then there's a weird crotch grab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's your foreign. There, there's your Spanish. <laughs> no, no, grab balls. <laughs> what? It will be art. <laughs> yeah, and that's pieces, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, <laughs> and credits. Uh, I do want to point out the
1: Grindhouse <laughs> Blu-ray is incredible it seriously is the early on the versions came with a puzzle that he's putting together a little mini one. Uh, there was a funny controversy with diabolic DVD over that, where a bunch of customers accused him of opening them up and taking the puzzles. It, they were just the ones that didn't have it at that point. So it like people got insane over it. So I still joke about it. If he interacts with me on anything. it's like you opening stuff up and taking them puzzles. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it came with a puzzle. It, the it's worth buying, even if you hate this movie, it's worth buying for the documentary it has called uh, 42nd Street Memories. It's a feature-length documentary all about all of the movies that played there in the early 80s down in Times Square and kind of the culture there and William Lustig and all that came out of it.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So the documentary alone is worth buying it for. But it also has a really cool thing, a uh, special feature that comes with it that I liked where they taped an audience at a screening in 2003, I think. Yeah. And you can watch the movie with that but neat And so you can hear people going nuts oh, over that's the gore and the ridiculous scenes and stuff. So if you if you see the movie and you're interested at all, the Blu-ray is one of those ones where it actually comes with enough stuff that it's it's worth the price.
2: I think cool. the, the only thing that was missing from this movie that I was expecting was the cop to ask the uh, younger boy if he liked Gladiator films <laughs> or if he had seen a grown man naked before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, friends, that's Pieces,
1: 1982. Glad we could end on a fun note. <laughs>
0: Yeah, after so much heavy stuff. Uh another installment of the Monster Mash. Another good time had. So uh friends, fans, we thank you for sticking with us. One thing we would like to implore you to do, hop on iTunes, give us a rating, uh look at the stars and click the rightmost star, if so, move to do so, which would be the fifth star. And write a little review. Uh, It helps us get a little more exposure. We don't like to plug this very often because that's not what we do it for. But at the same time, if you could do that, that'd be very cool. Very cool. Uh, We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you interacting on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Thanks for following along for all of the fun. So, closing out, Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm Grizzly Abner, joined by Professor Wagstaff. Hi, Toddy. Venomous venom. Stay scary, my friends.